Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Talking NFL and Seahawks with Robert Turbin. Turbo joins us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Hey, Turbo, how's it going? What it do? It's going good. It's been a busy Friday for your boy this morning. Had a couple of meetings. My first meeting today started at 6 a.m. Oh, who has a back meeting that back. early? Me, okay? <laughs> Capital gains. God. Capital gains, Stace, okay? I'm trying to get it done out here, all right? But I've been back-to-back uh, and just uh, up until 8.30. Then I had a, a show for Sirius, and I just finished it up uh, just a few minutes ago. So we are right on time. Right on time, as always, Turbuski, Turbulence, Turbo. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to keep going. Turbo got like Turbo six, K. eight names. He got, he got a lot. He got a lot. Hey, Turbo. I got a lot of them. When you, uh, uh, this is the first time we talked to you since, since the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, what did you think yeah, of just yeah. the, the quarterback performances, man? I think Pat Mahomes gutted one out, showed some, uh, some resilience. And I also think Jalen Hurts, man, put people on notice. What an incredible game that we witnessed uh, on Super Bowl Sunday and just great uh, play from both the quarterbacks. I mean, you want to talk about uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, one that we had already considered a future Hall of Famer, the other who had been doubted in so many ways. Could he be the franchise quarterback for the Eagles? There were so many question marks surrounding Jalen Hurts, and not only did he prove uh, that he could be the franchise quarterback, but he certainly proved to be one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. And his performance, aside from the one fumble, uh, the one mistake that he had, his performance overall uh, really proved that, man. So, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ecstatic like a whole lot of other people uh, with the way that it ended, uh, but the game overall was a tremendous game to watch. So with the with the holding call, were you like, hey, like – it is what it is. It was the right call, and I can't be that mad at it. Uh, or did you just not really factor it as much into your overall enjoyment of the game? No, no. I thought, you know, listen, obviously there was a hold there. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the referees, if you watch that game, I mean, they were calling it pretty loose uh, mm-hmm. throughout that football game. I mean, they were keeping their flags in their pocket. There were so many different things that you could spot, uh, you know, just just – watching it live that, you know, the referees, I'm, I'm like, oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it with Tyler Lockett and, Shaqu- and Shaquem Griffin, and I'm like, man, they're letting these guys play, you know, and, we, and we're in agreement with one another. Uh, and then finally, you know, that's when you decide to, to, to make a, right. you know, a critical call at that moment of the game. It, it, it just, it just kind of – it felt like the game ended in free throws is the analogy mm-hmm. that I used. Instead of, you know, instead of forcing somebody to make a tough shot, you know, I would have rather seen the Eagles get the ball with whatever it was, a minute 30 left to go in the game uh, and, you know, have to drive down the field and see if they can kick a field goal to tie it or potentially win it with a touchdown. That would have been much more entertaining. Uh, but listen, they, they, they made the call. It kind of sucks. Uh, but I guess I guess it's the right call. I, I would have rather seen them keep their flag in their pocket, though. Turbo, one of the things that impressed me the most with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are the adjustments they made at halftime. Now, they had some, some more time, right? You got Rihanna out there doing her thing. You get, what, 28, 29 minutes of had time. So they had um, more time than usual to make these adjustments. As a player, 
when you're on the field because you feel the game, you see the game, you're communicating with your coaches. When you feel like your coach is in his bag and everything he's calling is working, uh, what does that feel like? What does that do to an offense? Man, it just makes you feel unstoppable. You, 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 and you look at every drive that the Chiefs had in the second half and they pretty much scored uh, almost every time. And, uh, you know, once a coach is, is in that rhythm and in that zone, I mean, you feel it as an offense. And, you know, when people say your, your team is a reflection of your coach, you know, those are one of those examples where it really shows itself uh, to be. And, you know, when that communication is happening, uh, players are coming to their coaches, they're talking about what they're seeing, coaches are making those halftime adjustments. Uh, you saw the disparity there uh, between, you know, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy in that offense, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, who was the defensive coordinator, now the head coach in Arizona. But you saw the disparity there as far as being able to make halftime adjustments. Uh, the Eagles could not keep up with the Chiefs in the second half. And that just goes to the, to the greatness of, of Andy Reid. A, a, a one day will be a Hall of Fame coach, uh, and he proved it again in the Super Bowl. Yep, completely agree. I wanted to – I have one more question about the Super Bowl. We've got a lot of stuff to cover with you, so I'll squeeze this one in. Turbo, let's talk tush-push. Um, the uh, quarterback sneaks, Ooh. something the Eagles were so <laughs> successful with this year. Turbo, they converted 36 of 40 quarterback sneaks this year in part because they would line like two or three guys up behind Jalen Hurts like one behind each cheek and push him <laughs> forward. And they did it so much that now, Turbo, the league is reportedly considering making it illegal to push a player forward oh on a quarterback sneak. What gosh. do you think about it? I don't think about it, okay? <laughs> I don't think about it. First of all, give the Eagles credit for being the best yes. sneak team yep. in the league, all right? And yes. I think you have to give some credit to Jordan my lata, all right? He's their starting left tackle. He's got a nice Australian accent. Okay, I can't do it. On, I can't, I don't have <laughs> so the ability. wait, hold up, hold up, Turbo. Okay. You got to rewind and say Australian accent right. again. I, I, I don't have the ability. I just, I tried, okay? I'm not going to embarrass myself <laughs> on the airwaves like this, okay? I don't got it, all right? But he's from Australia. He's got this accent, and he played rugby. He's a former rugby player. That's why they're so good at this, right? They rugby scrum and all those things. They're so good at this. He's been a huge part of it. And I think about it like this, too. All right. First of all, not every quarterback sneak in the league is successful. Mm-hmm. All right. Even for the Eagles, you just said 36 out of 40. Mm-hmm. Right. Not everybody else is good. And they try to do the same thing as far as pushing their quarterback from behind. That's number one. That's number one reason why you shouldn't take it out. Number two. All right. Think about historically all the runs. Marshawn Lynch. Right. When he's. Boom, he, he, he breaks off a 10-yard run, and he gets hit by a safety and then a corner, but he's still moving his feet. And all of a sudden, you see the offensive lineman coming from behind the play, right, pushing that pile, mm-hmm. right, for another five, six, seven extra yards or pushing it into the end zone, right? That's football. What are you talking about eliminating pushing from behind? That's been football for all these years. They shouldn't change it. Yeah, there was um... – there was a listener who said, oh, it's dangerous, and the lineman's heads are down. I go, football is dangerous. That's just the way the game is played. And um, it takes you back to the origins of football, man. Uh, football started playing, you know, like that or whatnot. Hey, right, so, Turbo, now it's the off season, and there are some decisions that need to be made all across the league. When you look at the Seahawks, 
What's the one thing besides Gino? What's the one thing you say this needs to be done for this team to take the next step? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the defensive line. It's the interior defensive line, and 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 really, you know, on the edge too. You know, we, we saw some. Yeah, you know, New also had a good season, and we saw some sparks from our other guys. But you want to be able to uh, get some consistent players in there that you can depend on. Uh, you know for the majority of the snaps uh, of the game. And so for me, if it's not Geno, uh, it's certainly that defensive line that has to be the priority. Hey, we've heard two wild scenarios. I don't think either is happening. One was proposed by a host here in Seattle and the other uh, was um, by an ESPN personality. But uh, one was that uh, Jalen Ramsey here in Seattle and another was trade for Lamar. Uh, what do you make of either of those? And uh, would you like to see either player here, even though none of us really think that's going to happen? Uh, well, I mean, listen, I like Lamar Jackson, <laughs> you, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make that, you able to make that, 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 that's just, that's a different player now that he's, you know, he's, he's different. You know what I mean? He can do a lot of dynamic things uh, from the quarterback position and, you know, quite frankly, I think that this is a place, Seattle, uh, he would develop a, a lot better. Uh, you know, not, not, not anything against Baltimore. They, they have a fantastic organization. Um, but, and I know they're going in a different direction, it seems like, with their offensive coordinator as well. So I think that's going to help Lamar. But I think he developed nicely. Uh, so anytime you're getting a premier player like that, um, you know, I think it's good. But but Jalen, you know, but but then again, with both players, it's salary cap, you know. And I, I don't think the Seahawks would be willing to, uh, you know, drop the bag like that on, on either of those players. Now let's talk about this offensive line. You are running back. You have a direct correlation to that offensive line. They drafted two good tackles last year, the right and the left. We've got Charles Cross and, uh, and Abe Lucas from Washington State. Go Cougs. You got an, an aging Gabe Jackson. You got Austin Blythe, and you have Damian Lewis, who I feel is pretty, pretty solid. How aggressive should the Seahawks be, or where should they be aggressive? Should they be aggressive during the draft when it comes to addressing that offensive line, or do you feel like you go out and spend some money and bring a veteran guy in to help out? You're always aggressive in the draft, but you're always going to be looking at offensive linemen in the draft. But I do feel if there's a guy in free agency, that you can bring in with that interior line, particularly nothing against Austin Blythe, who I think is an excellent player and an excellent per- person, uh, who I was fortunate to be teammates with uh, for for a short short moment there in Indy. But uh, you know, if you can get someone there, you know, that, that, you know, he's had some ups and downs at that spot from a physicality standpoint. Um, you know, I think that that would be an excellent uh, addition to. Uh, this Seahawks football team, and even even one of the guards as well, but some someone in that interior uh, that can really help, you know, keep uh, I guess that pocket nice and clean mm-hmm. for Geno or whoever the quarterback is going to be. Uh, that spot is that 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 spot is a, should be a real priority. Hey, uh, I'm just going to look at some national stories here. One is um, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, longtime offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, uh, not a candidate for a head coaching job since there are no more remaining, but reportedly interviewing with the Washington Commanders for their OC gig. While I would love to see Eric Bieniemy in a head coaching role and get that opportunity, Turbo... I don't know that I would take OC with Washington uh, with no quarterback, with a head coach in an organization or, a, a, you know, a coaching staff who could be fired in a year over sticking with Kansas City. I mean, what would you do? 
I, I, if I were advising Eric Bieniemy, and I know I'm much younger than he is, so he probably don't want to listen to me. But <laughs> you don't. Know I would that. tell him to be. I, <laughs> I would tell him to be patient, Stace. Be patient. The the reason why you haven't gotten a head coaching opportunity yet is because of some reason that none of us have any any idea. Of. No no person can define. This is a this is a higher power kind of thing for Eric Bieniemy. Be patient. You got the best quarterback in the league. You got one of the best coaches in the history of the game that you get the tag team with. Like, let's not even – let's not rush this process. I know it's been X amount of years. You've been wanting this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Washington. Their ownership is in, uh, uh, unstable. Their management is unstable. And their coaching staff is unstable. And in some ways, so is the roster. So – Let's not leave stability for instability where you're putting now not only one year of coaching in jeopardy, but your job as a whole in jeopardy now. Because it's not like the Chiefs are automatically going to take you back because you have one bad season in Washington. It doesn't work that way. Last one I got for you, Turbo. Just looking at the backfield for the Seahawks. Obviously, you have your starter in Kenneth Walker. You got Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. I look at Rashad Penny, and I, I still cross my fingers with this dude, man. I say... You know, if he can stay healthy, that could be a nice one-two combo. Um, how how do you think the Hawks should attack this offseason when it comes to that RB spot? Do they holler at Rashad? Do they look in the draft? What are you feeling there? I think, yeah, this one is a tough one because I think about this a lot. Because we, we, all, we all love Rashad, man. You know, he's a, he's a really good back, honestly, when he's healthy. Like, let's not even play around. He can be one of the best in the league. Uh, but you have to take into account, you know, the injury history. So it's so it's really tough. And, you know, if you want to bring him back, he's likely going to have to come back at a really, really low dollar amount than, than what he's been accustomed to over the last um, couple seasons. Uh, if you can, if you can come to terms uh, to something that doesn't really impact your cap space like that, I think you bring him back. You also go draft similar style back, I guess. You know, somebody you feel like you can fill in uh, and, and be able to get, you know, uh, uh, you know a significant amount of carry. Uh, because that's just what, that's just the nature of the business. But, you know, you, you, you bring guys in to compete, younger guys specifically, and that's just how it is. You know, no, no, no matter how you feel about a guy emotionally or whatever your relationship will be, uh, you're always bringing guys in to compete. Uh, we know that's the mantra of Coach Carroll. It's been that way since he's been coaching. Uh, and so, but that's the approach that I would take, man. If you can, if you can get him for like a minimum deal or something like that, yeah, re-sign re, re him. But you're certainly going to draft and then a, another back as well to come in and compete. He is Robert Turbin, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline on a beautiful Friday to talk football, talk Seahawks. Turbo, we're going to let you go. Enjoy your weekend, man. All right, Turbo. All right. Thank you. See ya. Again, he is Robert Turbin on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. Headline number one. We got football this weekend. It's the relaunch of the XFL. 
the Sea Dragons, your Sea Dragons, open their season against the D.C. Defenders on Sunday. What's the real headline? Hey, shout out to all my XFL heads out there who remember when back in the day they were just called the Dragons. It's called the Dragons, man. You ain't no real fan unless nope. you was rocking that Dragon yep, jersey. Yep. No, that Dragon sweater, that yep. Dragon hat. Yep. You know what I mean? Yo, if you only learned about <laughs> Godwin Iguabuike this last football season. Get with the program. You're not a real Dragon. You're, you're not, not a real Sea Dragon. Oh, no, no. If you think he's just a running back, yeah. oh, do you, no, you didn't know, know he was a safety? Oh. That what? doesn't run green and orange, my friend. Former XF, uh, former NFL players, excuse me, on XFL rosters this weekend. You got Josh Gordon here in Seattle, of course. Quarterback Paxton Lynch, Orlando Guardians. He was, wasn't he like kind of the um, the first quarterback to get in trouble for video games? Like Kyler Murray made it cool, but Paxton <laughs> Probably, Lynch yeah. was initially the quarterback getting in trouble for video games. I thought defensive end Vic Beasley with Vegas, AJ McCarron with St. Louis, Martavis Bryant with uh, Vegas. And Heinz Ward coaching San Antonio. So uh, lots of names that you guys will be plenty familiar with. Wade Phillips, I mentioned last time. Wade Phillips is coaching uh, Houston. Rod Woodson coaching the Vipers. Uh, lots of cool rules in this one. I don't know, man. It's Look, if you are anything like Michael Bumpus, you will be watching the game of football in whatever form it is being Bump, played. Are you going to watch just the Sea Dragons game or the like three other XFL oh, games? He plus is going to be watching game. the Brahmas versus Vipers at 6 a.m. That's what you do. Roughnecks against <laughs> the Battlehawks. The, the Dragons, <laughs> the Dragons get the 72 inch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Everyone so these else, other games are on the tablet. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah, the tablet, yeah. you get the, the iPad. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? But the Dragons get the 72. Uh, headline rewrite. I'm doing red zone with, uh, with the XFL. XFL red zone? <laughs> yeah. Scott Hansen, they bring him out. Exactly. Taking you to the split screen. You thought I hibernated yeah. during the winter you were time. wrong. Headline number two, the Kraken got back on the winning side by blowing out Philadelphia last night, 6-2. to two. What's the real headline? Ooh, tough news for Philly to lose twice in the same week. Just not great stuff for them. Um, you guys should know, by the way, Yanni Gord is going to join us at 1.30. And we're also going to talk XFL. Starting at 1 with ESPN's Tom Luganbill. We're going to do some college recruiting talk with him as well. So plenty of stuff coming your way in the 1 p.m. hour. Again, Yanni Gord joining us at 1.30. Speaking of the Kraken, though, they really, really needed this bump. They uh, had a lot of scoring depth. You just weren't seeing it. And they lost their leading score. That's exactly when you needed to. Instead, they got a little bit of a dry spell, able to get back in it against a Flyers team that, yes, has been struggling, but still 6-2. to two, Something to be proud of. What was the stat we put out the other day? Ten players have uh, ten, oh, ten, uh, ten goals. Is that what we had? I forget what it was. It was I at least so. ten players have something. Yeah, yeah. at least ten got ten. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, this was good. This was a bounce back game. They scored within the first three minutes. You got Yanni scoring. We're going to talk to him later. Schultz with a nice clapper. Two goals and three power plays, one shorthanded. I mean, they, when you talk about checking boxes, that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And that what that does to a team, it gets them confident again. I'm sure they're already confident. They're professionals. But yeah. it, it gets that momentum going. That Uncle Momo, I'm all about that. I'm excited to talk to, uh, to Yanni and ask him about that, too. Headline Rewrite. Headline number three, Shohei Otani refused to answer questions about his impending free agency on his first day in Angels camp. What's the real headline? Because Shohei doesn't want to be there. If anyone was wondering what's going on, this isn't Shohei Otani, the ultimate competitor, being like, I'm focused on 2023. Don't ask me questions about 2024. This is Shohei Otani, soon to be free agent, saying, hey, I'm focused on 2023. Get back to me in a year. 
Yeah, Let's pretty much. Let's figure out where we're taking this thing. My guy's tired of losing, yeah. man. Yeah. One of the best players in the game, runner-up for the AL MVP last year. Hasn't sniffed the playoffs. What, 2014 last time the Angels have been there? You got two of the best players in the game, and you're struggling like this. This is Shohei not wanting to answer, trying to be a professional at the same mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but body language and vibe. That's all you got to do. You look at his body language and his vibe, and you know that he's frustrated. He's even said it now. He said it in his media back home. That's where he really lets loose and says, like, I'm tired of losing. I want to win. So, uh, you know, Joey, doing what he has to do. It, it It's unfortunate to see good years wasted. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime right yep. now. Put him somewhere where he can win. Angels, fans, there's a lot you can make fun of the Mariners for and Mariners fans for. I mean, on the one hand, leave us alone. On the other hand, nothing you say can hurt us. Um, but Angels fans are kind of like, uh, don't throw stones from glass houses. Mm-hmm. You've got two league MVPs, or excuse me, two two MVPs, uh, American League MVPs, and you haven't been able to get back to the playoffs in seven years, I want to say. 2014. 2014. 2014. I can't do that kind of math. <laughs> I wouldn't know what a playoff <laughs> you think draft I went to is like math anymore. School? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr- last drought. time I checked, yeah, drought. Yeah. I can't relate. Uh, last time I checked, we made the playoffs every year since last year, so... Yeah. Can't relate, but... Seven uh, years, that's all you got? Yeah, the, the taste of MLB playoffs is still fresh. Fresh on my tongue. So uh, so I can't relate with the Angels, but, but God, you're wasting so much talent. Now, we've seen the Mariners, unfortunately, waste some talent here in Seattle, but... Not last but year. But not, not last year. And also, not winning a World Series while having, like... Griffey and all these other guys here is one thing, but you still made the playoffs. You had these great moments. Not making the playoffs when you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, despite yeah. Mike Trout missing some time with injury, is wild. It's just I don't know. unforgivable. Un- unforgivable. Okay. Uh, coming up next, uh, we've got uh, some back-to-back NFL stuff, and then we're going to talk XFL. Yanni Gore joining us at 1.30. First, though, a new free agent quarterback has been linked to the Jets. That's coming up next in NFL Headlines. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Taking a look around the NFL, and we are going to start in New York. Derek Carr is visiting with the Jets. The former Raiders quarterback, who was released from his team earlier this week, is already visited with former head coach Dennis Allen out in New Orleans. But Bump, with the ability now to sign wherever he wants, maybe he's tempted by the talent in New York. How competitive could the Jets become with Carr? Remember, you guys, he holds nearly every Raiders passing record. I think they become extremely competitive, honestly. I mean, you're in a tough division. You still got the Buffalo Bills, the Bambi Dolphins. You expect New England to be a solid team. But you look at that defense over there, you have something to work with. And there are weapons. The only thing that will stand in his way is if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for Green Bay. And he wants to go to New York. So I look at Derek Carr and I say... Other than Gino, if Gino were to hit the market right now, your your headliners are Derek Carr and Gino, and you wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I could see him looking at New York. He is a good quarterback in this league, not top tier, better than average, somewhere in the middle. Uh, consider these stats from ESPN, which I thought were wild. Um, outside of a brief tenure, obviously, when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, the Jets have tried to find their guy in the draft. It just hasn't worked out. They've used first-round picks on Mark Sanchez in 2009, Sam Darnold in 2018, Zach Wilson in 2021. Of course, you know they drafted Geno Smith in the second round. They've consistently tried to find their guy. They just haven't from ESPN. Since 2010, their last playoff season, the Jets have had the fewest touchdown passes in the league and are tied with Tampa Bay for the most interceptions. Man, 
Not good. Yuck. Not good at all. Yuck, hey, I yuck, respect yuck. their game, though. They, have, they said, look, we're going to find them in the draft. You bring in yeah. Mr. Patch Me Up, Fitzpatrick, who, uh, who's played for dang near every team in the NFL to give yourself some wiggle room. But they believe in really trying to find a franchise quarterback young and built that way. It's apparent there, but I think it's time to move on, man. You take a good look at Carr. Yeah, the Jets are your friend who keeps dating and having their heart broken, and you kind of admire them for getting back into it so quickly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're sobbing about the breakup, and two days later, they're back on hinge, and you're like, good for you. Like, I know it didn't work with Zach Wilson, but you got another first-rounder coming up here, and, like, I, I, I'm i glad that you are getting back on that horse. This, this might be the one. This might be the one. They seem uh, far more keen on going with a veteran uh, quarterback, by the way, this year. The Packers are moving money around. What are they planning on doing? They've restructured a deal with running back Aaron Jones. Jones uh, was scheduled to make $16 million, but agreed to cut that by $5 million. That was uh, moved around, money moved around um, as part of a signing bonus. Uh, so instead, it's a total pay of $11 million for the 2023 season. His salary cap hit had been $20 million, which is insanely high for a running back. But he is, I mean, especially without Aaron Rodgers, their best player. So... Yeah, he's their best player. He gave them the nice discount. I wonder if that has something to do with the Aaron Rodgers situation with not having the weapons offensively that Aaron Rodgers feels that they need, and he probably feels that he needs as well. He catches the football out the backfield well. Obviously, he's a good running back. But when you look at the whole scope of your offense, you understand what you need to compete. Maybe he's trying to help out there. Well, and it's just like, I wonder, like, okay, so if they are, Aaron Rodgers is still under contract. If they don't t- trade Rodgers, I don't know what their draft capital is like, but are you making room to acquire more weapons? I have to think that if Rodgers stays and doesn't go in and demand a trade, it will be under the uh, assumption that they are adding receivers for him. It ain't assum- it's a stipulation. That's, he's he, walking That's a better in. way to say it. Is like, he's look, like, I am not. happen. <laughs> I am not staying here if you don't give me receivers. And to his credit, they didn't really have a lot last year. I mean, again, Jones was kind of their best guy. So, I mean. They got a young receiver. Is it Watson over there? Uh, Uh, They got a. Got a young receiver over there. Man, number nine. I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm sorry, young fella. But they, they have young talent. But I think what Aaron Rodgers wants is established talent. Yeah. That's why he went over there and got Randall Cobb back in the game. He goes, look, if I got anything, I'm going to have experience. He has Christian Watson. He had 41 catches for 6'11". Then Alan Lazard had 64, 788. With Aaron Rodgers, you need an 1,000-yard receiver over there. Cobb had 417. Dobbs, a young, another young receiver. So they're too young and too old. Yeah. You need someone who's in their prime, established, ready to go. Uh, remember when the Saints uh, felt like an unstoppable force? They've just had some weird news happening, whether it's figuring out who the heck they're going to have at quarterback, uh, maybe potentially cutting Michael Thomas if he ends up being a cap casualty because they are in cap hell right now. Another one is that Saints running back Alvin Kamara is one of four men indicted in a battery case. This stems from an incident at a Las Vegas nightclub in February 2022. All four men have been indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit battery and battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Kamara's attorneys have said that he intends to contest the charges. Um, he, uh, This is the quote. He intends to vigorously fight the allegations at trial as he was defending himself and others at the time of the incident. Now, we don't really know much uh, about what happened, but what we do know is that the civil lawsuit about this was filed back in October by someone named Darnell Green Jr., the man who alleges he was attacked by Kamara and these other men. So who knows what's going to happen here? I... I'm not trying to predict the future or anything. I can assume that Alvin Kamara can have great lawyers. 
But it's just yet another weird wrench thrown into New Orleans plans where, like, either Michael Thomas is constantly hurt, they have guys dealing with legal trouble, they just can't get it going, and they've had such an such an influx of talent through their organization in the last several years and just haven't capitalized on any of it. The years of Nolan's always being a team that you have to look after, it's done. It's done. You don't have a quarterback over there. Yeah. You're, you're heavy over the cap. Alvin Kamara, I feel like his good years are behind him. And also, young fellas, you go to Vegas. You know how many times I go to Vegas and I see, see somebody with money or who appears to have some money get into some trouble? Almost do every it. time I go to Vegas, man, y'all got to be careful out there. But I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints and I'm saying there's nothing really left there anymore. They got to start all over, burn the house, start all over, and, uh, and fix some things. There's nothing, nothing good over there. It's just... Um also really strange to look at an entire division. You've talked about it multiple times, so this isn't like news. It is weird to consider that there is an entire NFL division that just there's no uh, franchise quarterback. There's no go-to quarterback. Like you have a couple divisions that are bad with quarterbacks you may not especially love, like Mac Jones, you know, for the for the Patriots, but also Josh Allen's in that division. Who knows what two is going to be, but he's in that division, right? Like the Jets are figuring their stuff out. So you have some where it's like one team has a great guy, one team has a kind of okay guy. To have an entire division where no team has anyone and you're like I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's coming out on top in this division. They don't have anyone but um, Panthers have a number 9 pick. Atlanta is what top 15 and then the two bottom look at New Orleans and Tampa Bay and both of those guys are in debt right now so we're going to see a lot of change in that division. Anything is possible. I really do believe in Desmond Ritter if he's used correctly if they don't get a veteran quarterback over there but you're right there's no marquee name when it comes to the QB spot in the South. I know. Uh, Okay so as part of the final three or so minutes of NFL headlines I'm actually going XFL here and what I'm going to do is get you guys ready for the start of the XFL season by telling you some of the rules that you're going to see playing out in the XFL bump. Your only job is to tell me what you think of the rule, okay. whether or not you'd like to see it in the NFL, whether or not you're excited to see it, or or just kind of your immediate reaction to it. So let's figure this out now. Um, first, they're focused overall on just quicker play, wasting less time. It won't surprise any of you guys. So you have um, a 35-second play clock, play clock, which begins following the previous play. Um other stuff is kind of simple like it it uh, starts following incompleted passes and out of bounds plays prior to two minutes blah 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 so 35 second play clock um, three timeouts per team per half okay all this stuff is the same uh, what gets really interesting is when you get to overtime uh, some rules on forward passes uh, and then some some opportunities for extra points. What rules on forward passes? Double forward pass. If a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball has not crossed the line of scrimmage. I love that. I absolutely love that. The ball's behind the line of scrimmage. You should be able to do whatever you want with that thing. Right? Throw it. Why can't they? I don't know. There's no forward passes in the NFL. I don't get I don't understand <laughs> why it's behind the pass. line of scrimmage. Uh, okay, so um, the team also has options to keep the ball after scoring. You have two options. You can do a traditional onside kick, boring, or you can do a fourth and 15 conversion from your own 25-yard line only in the fourth quarter. For what? For, for, for options to continue to keep the ball. How many points do you get out of that? No, you can keep the ball. It's like you can go. Oh. So in the fourth quarter. So you can score again I think, from fourth and I 15. think this is what's going to happen. I think this is what's going to happen. If you score. Uh-huh. You, you can uh, do an onside kick in the fourth quarter to try to keep the ball or 
from your own 25 yard line, you can convert fourth and 15. And I think, I think it's the same as like recovering an onside kick. You keep the ball. I'm not entirely sure. Wow. I'm just reading their rule book, and it just all it says is to investigate. It says options to keep the ball. What teams will have two options to keep the ball after scoring. A traditional onside kick at any time during the game or in the fourth quarter, fourth and 15 conversion from own 25-yard line. So if you don't get it, then what? Then, I then they take over wherever they recover that ball. So if they if it's an incomplete pass, then I don't know where they would take over. But if it's like intercepted and downed or, or fumbled and recovered, then they get the ball there. So say you get you, fourth and 15, you gain 12 yards. So they would get the ball backed up in their own territory. Mm-hmm. Man, that's uh, that's a little lopsided. You, you think of that? I gotta I gotta do some research and see what's going on here because that feels a little lopsided. Well, just that one's the wildest to me. That's wild. It's as like heck. you could keep the ball by just converting on fourth and fifteen. Yeah. Anyways, very cool stuff. Uh, all right, so a couple things here. We are gonna talk XFL. We'll figure this out with ESPN's Tom Luganbill coming up at one. Before then. You guys remember that show? It's not like Blind Date, but it's like behind door number one. Bump has some stats for us, and we're going to figure out which player we'd most want to have on the Seahawks based not on name, but only on numbers. That's next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, the XFL opens its season tomorrow. We're going to be talking with ESPN's Tom Luganville coming up at 1 at 1.30. Going cracking with Yanni Gord is going to join us. And then, of course, what I need to know. Right now, though, what I need to know, Bump, is what numbers you have. Because we've got kind of like a blind date situation happening behind door number one, behind door number two type deal. You've got some numbers. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Don't want to interrupt you. Someone just explained this rule. Oh, can you just read it? fifteen. First of all, they said, Bump is confused. Clearly, I'm confused. Yeah, we said we were confused. So, Sea Dragons, fourth and 15 from their own um, from their own 25. Yeah. I thought it was from... Oh. Yeah. So, I'm like, what's the advantage there? So, yeah, uh, yeah okay. All right. Thank you. I would still do that every time. I feel Thank like you. it is easier Thanks to... Thanks, It's never easy, but it is easier to complete a fourth and 15 IMO than it is to recover an onside kick. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember the last successful onside kick recovery I saw that was not a famous one like here in Seattle. That's the last one I remember, honestly. That's truly. <laughs> truly the last one I remember So seeing. thank you. Yes, I was clearly confused as heck on that one. But this hey, is... Uh, I was just reading the rules on you know, there. Like, I don't know what this is. All good. All good. We'll figure it out. Uh, you're listening to Bump and Stacy. We're both very confused on <laughs> Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Tom's going to help us in a couple minutes before we get to him, though. Um, you've got some numbers of quarterbacks from around the league. Are these just free agents? No, they're are they just, just guys. They're okay. just guys. We're so, just guys. And I'm guessing me, a football genius, am guessing who they are. Yeah, you're just you're no, you're guessing who you would want or you're picking oh. who you'd want out Ooh. the two. Okay. Um, you know, I was scrolling through social media the other day. I go, oh, and I, I sat down and did some of these, and I go, man, I'm surprised some of the guys that yeah. I picked. So there's a, I got what two quarterback scenarios and then a receiver quarter okay. uh, receiver scenario. If we get I was there. set up on a blind date once. Were you? Yeah. How'd it go? Like a real blind date. How'd it go? Not well. No. Anyways, was that the guy who uh, showed up with the sandals? 
No, oh, no, man, that one was, was that one was a hinge date. That's a good one. Yeah, showed was up it with the, the guy who said he had to go to Nebraska for a variety of reasons. Okay, first of all, that date didn't happen because he went to Nebraska for very valid reasons. That had <laughs> for a variety of reasons. He said he had to go to Nebraska as a way to cancel on the date, and I was like, I don't believe you. But mm. no, this was a real blind date that was fine. I showed up. The only awkward thing that happened was he got into a coughing fit, and I didn't know what to do. So oh. well, that is awkward. What are you gonna do? Like pre COVID, Heimlich. Pre COVID. Way pre COVID. I was still in college. Do I give him the Heimlich? Do I give him my water? Yeah, like, what do what I do? do? I guess I just wait. Just pat him on the back. Say, They're there, buddy. <laughs> and bump what you got. All right. Uh, these are two quarterbacks. Hey, text lines. You guys chime in to 866-979-3776. I'm going to just put out two quarterbacks, no names, just their stats. Okay. And you tell me which one you want to lead your team. I'm ready. First quarterback, 4,000 yards, 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 66% completion rate. Other quarterback, 4,253 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, mm. 63% completion rate. Who do you want? I think fewer interceptions. Fewer interceptions. I think so. I think my gut is telling me 25 touchdowns is not a whole lot, but it's not abysmal. Um so we've got 25 touchdowns to how many interceptions? 25, 8 interceptions, 66%. Other side, 35, 14 interceptions, 63%. Both around 4,000. 35 touchdowns is a lot, but 14 interceptions would be leading the league. Those are Dak Prescott numbers. I know that wasn't him because he didn't have over 30 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going, I'm, I'm going fewer touchdowns, fewer interceptions. So you're going with player one. Yeah. That player is Trevor Lawrence. The Jacksonville nice. Jaguars, who just got Calvin Ridley, I believe he is. Yeah. He uh, applied for uh, reinstatement. Yeah. And they got some weapons over there. You got Christian oh. Kirk. You got Ingram. I know you got who Etienne. Player two, is. player two. I guess. Who is it? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Oh, I knew it. Josh Allen, forty-two hundred yards, thirty-five touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Man. Now this is not including the rushing. Like if I included the rushing, then that would that would probably sway you a little bit. But yeah, that uh, that's mm. interesting right there because when I saw those numbers, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm probably going to take the twenty-five and eight. Um, so it's risk reward. Josh is going to take more chances yeah. because he takes more chances. He's going to score more touchdowns. But if I threw in the rushing, I think you would have went with Josh, Josh Allen for sure. Well, and you know what's so funny? If you were like, what quarterback do you think Pete would want? I would assume someone like Josh who could be really mobile. Uh-huh. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence seems like a more traditional pocket passer. But Trevor Lawrence's numbers alone fit more of a team I would imagine Pete Carroll would want. Oh, I yeah. love this game so far. All right. Okay. All right. Now, these guys didn't play. These are your... Your uh, your backup quarterbacks. Okay. All right. Who do you want to be your backup? One guy played seven games. One guy played six games. Okay. The seven game guy, fifty seven percent completion rate, thirteen hundred yards, six touchdowns, six interceptions. Yikes. Six games, fifty eight percent completion rate, eleven hundred forty three yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. He was sacked ten times. Player one was sacked nineteen times. Oh, player two. Player two. Player two. Player two to be your backup. Yeah. And that's Sam Darnold. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with Sam Darnold I'm okay as well. with Sam. I feel Sam Darnold gets Honestly, a bad rap. When he, when he, when he, he ended the season, right, as their starting quarterback, he, uh, did he? He ended the season as their starting quarterback. Yes. He, and he played okay. He played okay. The other guy was it's, Baker Mayfield. I was going to say. 
Baker Mayfield. Oh, I'm knocking this out of the park right now. These guys are so close. You just got to go down to the touchdown interceptions. And exactly. I think, Taking fewer sacks, throwing fewer interceptions, sign me up. Exactly. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, you watch him play. There's nothing in his game right now that makes you think we have a chance. At least with Sam Darnold, he'll do a couple yeah. things every now and then to where, all right, we're good to go. All right. Receivers. Okay. These are your, it could be possible number three receivers on the squad. You got one receiver, 30 receptions, 502 yards, three touchdowns, five drops. Okay. The other guy, 42 receptions, 486 yards, four touchdowns, two drops. One guy is 32 years old. Player B. Mm-hmm. Other guys in his mid to late 20s. I'm going with just more yards. If the difference is one touchdown and like not a significant amount of drops, I'm going with like who's getting me more yards because I'm assuming there's some conversions in there. So you say forget the drops. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. All right. So the first guy you chose was Chark over there out of, I believe, okay. Detroit. DJ Other guy, Chark. Marquise Goodwin. No. Do we bring Marquise back? I do want Marquise back. Do you want Marquise back? I want Marquise back. I for do sure. too. I take it all back. I think you get him on a cat friendly type of deal. You get him for that league minimum, about yeah. a million something dollars, and you go and get it. And then you can still try to bring up Derek Young. Mm-hmm. I think he has a bright future. He's played tight end. He's ran the football in college. He's done a lot of things. Yeah. But I also think you still go into the draft and you find yourself another young quarterback. That's a position that the the Seahawks are draft one or two. Every single year. Every team. Wide receiver. Every team should drive at least one receiver every single year because you can get yourself a good one. Well, you really never know where they pop in. You can get like a Debo Samuel randomly. You can get a guy that comes out out of nowhere in the fifth round and just blows you away. Uh, Also, guys, back of your mind, you got to know that Tyler Lockett eventually isn't going to be able to be as productive as he is. Now, I think we're not a ways removed, but this isn't going to be imminent, but mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Uh, I've loved this game. That was really fun. Okay. Uh, we're going to go uh, XFL, some X's and O's, four down territory, and then Kraken in that order. ESPN's Tom Luganbill joining us next.